everyone and welcome to a special episode of the Psychosocial Distancing Podcast. It's just me and Thomas. So I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Chadbourne. <laughs> I guess I should answer, say that. And of course, with me as always is Thomas Brooks. Hello, I'm here visually. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're going to record this as both an audio podcast and as a visual podcast we'll put on YouTube uh, because we are going to rank biases. Huzzah. Yeah, we are without Alyssa and left to our own devices. And so we're going back to the memes. And so we are, we're going to rank every bias of the week. So we have 60 episodes, but we did not do biases for the eight movie episodes. And so this is just 52 <laughs> biases of the week. 52 um, is a nice number. It I is. Like it is. It's a good, good. <laughs> it, it's a year. This is, this is literally the, this is the bias of the year episode. That's what I'm going to oh, call Oh, there it. we go. Bias of the year. 52 biases, a year's worth of biases of the week. Which one is the best? What is our what is our top bias? Our top S tier bias. And so I guess can I there guess only we, be one. Well, we we could do several, but we can also rank them in the tiers. Okay. So we could have we could have multiple S tier, but like one could be the top S tier, and one could be like on the border between S and A. Right. So we, we probably have to figure out like what what are our criteria for this? What are we looking for in a bias? What's what's a good bias, Daniel? Well, I was thinking a good bias is probably something that's very general, very generalizable. It's not a very specific bias. It's mm-hmm. a bias that most of us will fall prey to at some point in our lives, not a select few of us. Or that will not only fall prey to it, but we will fall prey to it repeatedly. <laughs> mm. It's a very common bias. So things like comment, like commonality, generalizability of the bias, I think, I think should be a should definitely be a criteria in this. Okay, I think for me, a good bias is one that you're not aware of when you're committing it. So maybe like a consciousness, unconsciousness aspect to it. So some of these, you're pretty conscious when you're choosing to engage in this bias, right? So you're in a situation, you're fully aware and processing what's happening to you, and you elect to do the bias. Some of them just kind of sneak in there, and I like the sneaky biases. So sneakiness. Sneakiness. Generalizability. Do maybe want to say like fame, like, like more, like there are some popular, I mean, but then again, I think those are the biases that are going to be sneakier. Those are already the biases that are going to be more generalizable. These, these very rare biases are not going to, not going to get the lit reviews. Mm -hmm. Perhaps for those biases, we do novelty. So yes, generalizability is important, but also that was a pretty clever bias that you've discovered. Congratulations. You crept amongst all of the corners of the world and you found something novel. Like like the IKEA effect. Yes. That's that's yes. Yeah, there's some good novelty there. Um I think that's a good that's a good anal- you know, a good way to analyze like what we're gonna be getting into. So perfectly yeah, I, scientific. Perfectly scientific. I mean, we could I you know, I could have spent like three 
weeks going through all of these and figuring out who has been cited the most or something like that. But we could have gone the meta analysis route and calculated all of the effect sizes of all of the different studies that have been done with these biases and then rank them by the collective effect sizes. We do not have time for that. No, we do not. We'd have to write a paper after that, too. We couldn't just let that sit for a podcast. Right, right. So uh, I have found uh, the most ridiculous stock photo stuff that I could to represent each of these biases. And some of these you might be looking at wondering, what the hell is that? And so I'm also going to have our pictures here. And so for, for each of these, I'll, I'll at least throw the picture up very briefly so that we can kind of see. Because some of these are cropped and some of these are very clear. Like this is obviously the base rate fallacy. But I've got a Muppet. I got this uh, this artist here. This stylish dude. I got this uh, cat flipping flipping you off saying, don't tell me what to do. Can you guess what bias that might be? <laughs> uh, ooh. It's one of my favorite social psych theories. Is it reactants? It is reactants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just I, I tried to find something and I don't know, just like my choices for bias of the week. I'm stretching on some of these, but uh, beautiful. I feel like I'm in Shutterstock hell. Yes. Yes. There's probably a bias for that. Uh, Shutterstock hell. <laughs> Shutterstock bias, where a stock photo is seen as more representative. Yeah, authentic. Well, there's our next study. There we go. Shutterstock hell. Here we come. All right. So we're going to go through all of these. Uh, We're going to start with the first one, um, the ambiguity effect, and then we're going to end with zero risk bias. And so ambiguity effect uh, Ellsberg, tendency to avoid options for which missing information makes the probability seem unknown. It's like uncertainty bias. Mm. So on one hand, I like the generalizability. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, this is fairly conscious, right? Yeah. Like, you could build an entire like psychological disorder profile around this bias. Yeah, yeah. For for people with this bias, it's going to definitely be something that they have to know or not know. And so the information they don't have, they have to be conscious that this is an unknown or at least not be able to think about the um, – not be able to pull up the information. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I mean this might set our standard for the rest – so like if we I was about to say it's a pretty solid middle of the road bias I think. Like I would go like C or B. So I mean I guess I guess the question I mean maybe we'll we'll leave it at C. Okay. And then if we think like no this actually has a little more based on some of these others, we'll move it to to the upper level. Um to a but B. But we're tier. likely not to because of our next bias. Because all of our decisions are now going to be anchored Yes. To the ambiguity effect. I don't know if it's going to let me move to the next one. <gasps> Technical difficulties in the internet age. Ooh. No, is it? What's going on? Interesting. Is it down here at the bottom? Oh, no. Okay. I don't know. So. <laughs> uh, 
Weird. Weird. Okay. It usually uh, is at the bottom. Usually you just like wave your little cursor over it. Let's try this again. Ah, see, there's the arrow. Probably messed up while I was resizing stuff. So there's the arrow. There we go. All right. We'll get to that one later. (laughs) Yes, anchoring bias um, or anchoring. Yes, which is from Seversky and Kahneman, 1974. And it is the tendency to rely too heavily on one piece of presented information when making decisions. I don't think this is as conscious. No, I don't think so. This is definitely something where you're you're listening to that list and you're focusing on the beginning. Now, we will talk about like the flip side of this with like where we focus on the last stuff. I mean, it's more of a memory aspect, though, right? Mm Hmm. And to be fair, as well, this is a heuristic and not necessarily a bias. So what do we do with that then? It's an imposter. It's not a bias. So I guess I guess we'll 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 make so maybe we'll make B our middle tier, and we'll change F to H tier. Ah, there we go. That's where it's we a heuristic. We throw all the heuristics, mental shortcuts. <laughs> not necessarily yes. a bias, but a way in which we kind of quickly mentally decide something. Um, usually for benefit. Most most heuristics are seen mm-hmm. as somewhat beneficial. Yes, so. absolutely. They can steer you wrong, um, and they can be easily manipulated. So I'm thinking like price tags and car salesmen can exploit your anchoring heuristic very easily. Yeah. So if you see a item for fifty nine ninety nine, it is cheaper than sixty dollars because you were focused on the fifty nine, and not the fact that it's only a penny less. Or if something's on sale from six hundred dollars to three hundred dollars. Yes. You think you're getting a good deal, even though it probably only costs the company $60 to uh, acquire. Right. So, yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, anthropomorphism. <laughs> the most famous furry. Look, I it, it took it took a lot of, of images to go through to, like, narrow down, like, nope, I found this old picture of Tony the Tiger. This one works great. Pun, I, guess, I guess pun intended. I didn't, you know. Ah, that's uh, great. <laughs> so the tendency to characterize animals, objects, and abstract concepts as possessing human-like traits, emotions, and intentions. I, we all do this. Yes. Super popular. Like, memes are born from this. Mm-hmm. And also, the bias of the week from our meme episode. Oh, I got you. Yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I like the generalizability. I like this better than the ambiguity effect. Yeah. Um, it may not be as conscious, perhaps. Although I guess if you're in a frustration because your car is not starting and you like refer to it as like, I don't know, a piece of shit or something, then you're committing anthropomorphism and you're not really thinking about it. So I could see. Well, we we do make very... I mean, I don't. I don't think we're putting a lot of thought into it. We do make a lot of question. You know, we, we make a lot of decisions, uh, or at least responses towards um, animals. We see faces and human-like qualities and all sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I give it an A. At least an A. At least an A, possibly S. That's a fantastic bias. Very high A at this point. Yes. I don't know. I kind of want to put it nest here. 
we can go. Oh, I think we have our first S tier. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things, and like sometimes we don't even think that we're doing it, and it's a. I'm terrible about this in writing. I am constantly talking about how the research does stuff. <laughs> the data does a thing. The data does a thing. Well, the data can't do a thing. The data is not real. Um, the data revealed to me the secrets of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I want to, I want to give this the S tier. I'm, like I'm not S-tier. sure how many I'm really going to fight for that on, but I think, uh, I think in this case, I want to make I that argument. Concede. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the attentional bias, uh, which is the tendency to ignore some of the possible outcomes when making a decision. Eh, that's a pretty standard bias. I don't know. I kind of feel like this is it bleeds into ambiguity effect maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Ambiguity effect is all about not knowing like or not making a decision because you know you don't know. In this case, it, it almost borders on like a Dunning-Kruger, mm-hmm. which we haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like we, we don't we don't think about the possible outcomes because we don't know what the possible outcomes are. Right. So that or is they, up on my unconscious metric. I don't know. I feel like it would be a C or a B. Do we put it Above or below ambiguity effect. It seems to be a little little more unconscious. It does. Yeah, maybe we put ambiguity at C and then we do uh, attentional bias at B. Okay. Attentional yeah. bias at B. Yeah, sounds good. This is my uh, availability heuristic. <laughs> we got another heuristic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but this is also called the availability bias. Oh, because people don't choose words that mean things. Beautiful. No. Yeah, it is It is another Zversky and Kahneman, and they have a lot of heuristics, too. But these are on the bias list. So I, I'm going to put it high up on the heuristics list. I would, I would put it over anchoring. Yes. I, it is like one of the prototypical heuristics. Mm-hmm. Whatever pops into our mind first. Um, whatever we're we're more whatever has that stronger kind of schema connection is um like this is probably my s tier heuristic if I had to mm-hmm. pick one um and I mean we're only on a and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna call it now pretty certain I might be wrong, but <laughs> right on I am just a little bit disappointed because Tversky and Kahneman uh revealed to us the availability heuristic. But they're also the foundation for the difference between a heuristic and a bias. So why can't we choose which one this is? So I'm a little peeved. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one is it's an effect. It's the band effect. The bandwagon effect. Uh, ooh, let me go. Everybody else did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just huh? just do it. Everybody else did. Um, yeah, that. Uh, so this is uh, the tendency to do or believe things because many other people do or believe the same thing. So it's related to groupthink to an extent, but mm-hmm. it's it's just definitely going along with the crowd. You hop on the bandwagon. Just because we're, you know, social psychologists, I particularly enjoy the bandwagon effect. I think it's super generalizable. We're constantly committing it. 
there are situations where we're like aware we're doing it, but most of the time we're just doing it without thinking about it. So I would give this an S tier as well. If we're going to put anthropomorphism up there, I think bandwagon effect needs to go up there. Is it, is it above? I mean, no, no. Anthropomorphism still on top. Yeah. The furries are still winning in this game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Next is face rate fallacy or the Barnum effect. Yeah. So I I found this one and I thought it was good because a lot of the the studies look at um, you kind of create a fake personality for like a class and then everyone thinks that it means them. It's like reading your horoscope. And so uh what's your, your Myers Brig, perhaps. Yes. What's your what's your uh what's your Oreo personality? Do you eat the Oreos bite by bite? Do you eat Oreos whole? Who eats Oreos whole? I think I eat Oreos whole. Oh no. Well, I don't like crumbs. Well, you are like, cons- well, it says here you're considered fun to be with or interesting. Um I don't know why my mouth's full of cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I'm I I uh, I twist my Oreos. Um so I'm more curious in life. Oh wow. I yeah. guess the analog here would be uh our Myers break. <laughs> no, I I do love I do love those who eat Oreos bite by bite are considered normal or lacking in imagination. <laughs> so, if you twist, if you dunk, if you eat whole, you're good. <laughs> Just don't yeah. eat it bite. No, you know, don't eat it bite by bite. Um, Although we don't know the distribution of these categories, but let me just say that if three of the four categories are creative and imaginative, <laughs> then one would think that the ones that supposed to, supposedly are normal are not in fact normal if they're like yep. one fourth of the rest of the possible solutions. Well, so so just like. Um, is this my right one? This isn't base rate fallacy. This is the Barn. This is the Barnum effect, uh, which is actually. I'm reading off my list. It's not base rate fallacy. It is. I gotta go. Like well, I mean, this Oreo distribution is a base rate fallacy. Well, that's true. That is true. Um, no, this is. Oh, come on. Where is it at? It's like all the way down. My list of. Um, gotta keep going and i and i passed it up <laughs> and this is why we don't do things live so exactly out and no one will ever see it and we can start over no i'm gonna leave it in <laughs> people, people people think i actually edit this thing the four uh the four effect the barnum effect the observation that individuals will give high accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality that supposedly are tailored specifically for them but are in fact vague and general enough to apply to a wider range of people ah, yeah gotcha yeah, yeah. so this is and that's this is, okay yeah, this is this is a little different than base rate just because what we're talking about here, like vague personality descriptors suddenly mean everything because you can see yourself in a vague personality descriptor. I mean, we'll do a callback to our previous episode where this likely was the bias of the week. Yeah. Um, when I called your uh, sun sign correctly. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um 
I don't know where you want to put the the Barnum effect is is it's got that popularity and people do it. It's people real, definitely do it. Really easy to manipulate this. Um, I would give that a solid A. I think good, that's a good, good A tier. Good A tier. I think I would give it an S tier if it was called the BuzzFeed effect. Well, that's probably what it is now. But like Barnum, like Barnum would have probably created BuzzFeed had he been alive in the internet era. Mm, I mean, right. P.T. P. Barnum is kind of the original, like, I'm going to get you in with the, uh, you know, the weird circus act and like fleece you for all your worth. And so, you know, the sucker born every minute kind of mentality. Mm, right. Mm, I think if we can get an updated name, so whoever does research on the Barnum effect, I need you to call it the BuzzFeed effect in your next paper. And then I'll give your, uh, we'll move it to S tier. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so now we have base rate fallacy. There we Ooh, go. Base rate fallacy. Yeah, I, I had to cool. reduce, reduce the size first to get it to move. So base rate fallacy, this this is the tendency to ignore uh, base rate information or generic general information uh, and focus on specific information. So we, we tend to mm-hmm. focus on the, the anecdote rather than reality. Mm-hmm. rather than the distribution of yeah right no this one i i want to give this one an a too because it's highly generalizable we do it without thinking about it like these are always like gotcha questions if anyone wants to exploit your base rate fallacy like it's super easy to do mm-hmm. yeah um, just remind remind people of those like anecdotal talking points mm-hmm. and it creates availability heuristic (laughs) um activation there uh yeah the base rate is much easier to activate some of those stereotypes than to understand that we're all a lot more different than we give give credit to Mm -hmm. yeah says the social psychologists (laughs) i mean there's there's some generalizable aspects but in the end like people are complex Mm -hmm. and if you know about these things just override them yourself (laughs) <laughs> so um i guess next up we have our belief bias no like Ooh, gonzo. gonzo yeah no <laughs> i believe in gonzo yeah belief uh, bias belief bias occurs when what people know is true interferes with their ability to assess argument validity and so this kind of goes hand in hand with several of the things we've been talking about already um, I'm not quite sure how this necessarily adds to our understanding of biases. If we already consider like base rate and availability and avoiding uncertainty, like it's a, it's a very specific, yeah, explanation for something that we get into. Like like Dunning Kruger explains something very specific, something like um, attentional bias might explain kind of a specific aspect whereas this is you have this preconceived notion and it just gets in your way of understanding that your preconceived notion is bad and you can't get past because like you've always known that thing that attitude Mm. is so strong uh whatever it may be yeah i don't know i feel like c or d this might be our first d tier maybe it's it's specific enough i mean it happens, but I think there are other biases that explain this better. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking, yeah. where there's like a combination of biases that explain this better. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is sort of like a specific instance where like getting that niche. I mean, this is from 1980. There's been, there's stuff before this that explains it better. Right. Kahneman and Tversky were writing about this stuff like seven years before you published this. <laughs> so Did you do a lit review. Now we get to Gonzo. <laughs> now we get to Gonzo. Yay. The bizarreness effect. The tendency to remember bizarre material uh, better than common material. I like this one. Yeah, it's good. And I mean, we remember it, it's it's kind of like an expanded, like like a more elaborate base rate. Like that anecdote that stands out. Mm-hmm. But this takes it to the next level and says, all right, the anecdote stands out over the general. But if that anecdote is bizarre, it will stick with us. Or if it's out of the ordinary, which mm-hmm. is like, I, I think one of those reasons why like crime always comes to mind for me with this. That um, people's perception that crime happens a lot more than it actually does. It's not to say crime doesn't happen, but statistically, it is far less likely to happen now than it was 40 years ago. Um, 50 years ago, you know, 70s and 80s saw this massive crime spike. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're also finding out now is, is that people are worried about crime, but they feel that their communities are safe. And so they're worried about outside crime. Right. And usually the things that get reported are super bizarre, too. Like, because crime happens all the time, but Florida man sticks with us. And so, and also I like this one because we can manipulate it easily in class, too. So, like, yes. I think the most my students learn about statistics is in sex class. Because we're talking about some weird stats. Yeah. <laughs> And they remember their stats after that. They didn't go in intending to, but it stuck with them because it's tethered to X sexual content. So I don't know. I, this is either a very high A or an S for me. It's got, it's got to be our top A or it's got to be within. I mean, is it is it above bandwagon? Ooh, perhaps. That's the, that's the question. Because if it's above bandwagon, it's an easy to say. It's definitely S. Yeah. I mean, we could also add, like, research application to our criteria. <laughs> right. I don't know. I I feel no. like we could probably... I say below bandwagon, but above base rate. So we could do it high S. Make it like I mean, low top. S or high A. And then like we our, can ship... Our top A for right now. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. We got, uh, we got confirmation bias, which, hey, there's belief again. Oh, <laughs> So this is, um, was it uh, Wasson, uh, the tendency to seek out or notice evidence that is consistent with certain hypotheses. Basically, it's consistent with what we know rather than things that aren't. And so that, that overlap between belief and fact is, is pretty, pretty accurate there. Where And again, how, why, does, why do we have belief bias when we have confirmation bias? Yeah, I mean, even if this were D tier, it would be above. It would be above. Yeah, but it's got to be because this is very applicable in the Google Mm -hmm. in the Google age. There's a there's that great video with uh, what if Google were a person Mm. and the person comes in, they're like, I need evidence that vaccines cause autism. And Google's like, Google's like, look, we have all these papers (laughs) that say it doesn't. We got this one thing from a sketchy website and they grab it. and They're like, I knew it. (laughs) 
and walk out the door. And that's like confirmation bias in a nutshell. It's, it's it's scrolling through 80 pages of Google to find that one thing that supports your claim, but ignoring everything but else. I may argue that Google, like pre-2010s, that was applicable. But now Google knows who you are and what you've already clicked on. So they're likely to give you that sketchy one first, which then puts you in anchoring. So if, if we were in, but that's a heuristic. Ah, if, uh, if we were in maybe 2010, maybe it would be higher. I mean, do we want to say at this point, like maybe a, a B tier? We could give a B tier. That I seems mean, it's, good. It's still a very applicable bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the algorithm, it makes it maybe even more applicable. Maybe it makes it more applicable today. Perhaps. Although because... I don't know if it's necessary. It might be a algorithmic bias. A collective unconscious bias, if you will. <laughs> At least within your group. Mm-hmm. Or within the people you're already confirming those ideas. Although we even now we're moving beyond just like the groups you're involved in and it's tracking individuals. Um, one of the updates in, uh, what is it? Uh, microtransactions and video games. They've started tracking individuals on uh, how much money they're likely to pay. And so now microtransactions have different costs per person who plays based on each individual's uh, data history. Oh, that's sick. (laughs) It is so disgusting. Oh, my God. Yep. No, I just, um, no, I I completely agree with the take that I, I got this week that they should just be removed entirely. Here, here. The, there's a really good modern uh there's a really good take uh jim sterling does uh the jimquisition and uh his video this week that we're recording this uh and that we'll actually be posting this this week um is on why microtransactions are a, a disability accessibility issue Ooh. and how they literally prey on people who have diagnosis with adhd and other um um addiction diagnoses so Mm. congruence bias is our next one though ah the tendency to test hypotheses exclusively through direct testing instead of testing possible alternative hypotheses so confirmational versus disconfirmational strategy Mm -hmm. without doing a combination approach or even and there we have the reverse of this in here as well where you focus on a disconfirmational strategy. So, I mean, this is very applicable in a research sense, but it's very conscious. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know you're going to find stuff that proves you wrong. So... You design the best case scenario for supporting you right. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like this one goes to B. Because not a lot of people necessarily... Although... You know, when it comes to this too, like what's the difference between this and the confirmation bias? This is specifically on a research sense. Oh, okay. so I, th- I think this is more research researcher bias specific. Gotcha. So yeah, we're definitely dealing with uh, we're definitely dealing with uh, something that is very specific within a specific group of people. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I'm feeling a B with this one. We'll kind of give it a tie with confirmation bias. Yeah. And we could probably say the same for the other. The other is um, disconfirmation bias. 
uh, which is should be next. Yeah, is this one here? And I mean, if we're gonna say that, we got to put disconfirmation bias in the same group. Yeah, spend I'm more time. Well, I don't know. This is this one's interesting. You you spend more time and effort denigrating contrary arguments than supportive arguments. So that does extend beyond yeah. research. Although you could easily get caught up in research doing this. Yeah, and I don't know. I wonder if it gets conflated with like like the bullshit effect, where it just it takes more time to debunk BS than it does something that's true. Like it's really easy to like spout something off to something that's already been confirmed. It's kind of one of the big arguments against the um with that that's going with the media violence stuff is that if you're in the Ferguson camp, you're doing a lot of disconfirmatory stuff rather than confirming your own ideas. You're just crapping on everything else mm-hmm. uh, instead of trying to confirm hypotheses. And right. so like as a, maybe I'll just put it like above in the B tier. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Cause I feel like this is like the other side of the coin of the confirmation bias. Cause like, I'm thinking like if you're trying to maintain a schema, right. You want to bring in things that support it, but also you want to deflect things that disconfirm it just as like a personal self-esteem thing yeah it's where the the facts throwing out the facts versus the belief like maintaining the belief Mm -hmm. kind of kind of fits perfectly here with our pictures yeah i'm 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 a fan with that yeah all right Uh, let's see next we have the endowment effect yeah so i just I, i i typed in endowment and so there's a lot of stuff on planting trees we got a tree Uh, The tendency for people to demand much more to give up an object than they are willing to pay to acquire it. Oh, maybe I should have typed in like part of the definition instead of the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got like a nature endowment. We're sorry, we're plowed down the forest to build our factory. Here's some baby trees. Yeah. Hmm. I do like this one because it kind of gets at the idea that uh it reminds me of hoarding yes definitely like you get the thing for free but then like emotionally you can't give it up at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because it's i might need it and that is way more value i might need it it's more valuable than getting out of your space yeah i mean it kind of goes with anything anything you buy is worth more now because it's yours Mm-hmm. it's why it's hard for people to sell stuff it's why it's hard to i mean i think there's even an effect for people like scalpers who want to sell stuff that they'll buy it and they're like it has to be worth more because people want it and i'm like well yeah i mean it's technically what supply and demand means but also like no mm-hmm. did it's, you buy a car recently <laughs> it's, it's it's immediately worthless yep um yeah hmm. i don't know i feel low a with this one like, it's a good bias. It's a solid bias. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problems with it. It just isn't particularly shiny. It's not, like, top tier, like, S tier, but it's 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 good. It's it's definitely above, like, we kind of put, like, our B and C tier pretty questionable stuff. Yeah, like, um, okay, whatever. But yeah. A is, like, it's a solid bias, no complaints. Yeah. You did your job. Good job, Thaler, 1998. <laughs> So this is very, 
stock photo hell. This is the framing effect. I purposely went for a ho- framing a house oh, when I was picking cool. it. So yeah, I'm definitely playing on words, pun intended, with the framing effect. Uh, framing effect, uh, Zversky and Kahneman. <laughs> Drawing different conclusions from the same information depending on how that information is presented. That one's very important. Yeah. I, that's a good one. So this is this is this is an interesting one. So I'm just I'm gonna put it I'm just gonna put it at A right now because there's this one that's in two. Um and it's this picture here. It's the hostile media effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too close to that camera there. Um well, that's an aggressive cameraman. <laughs> it is an aggressive cameraman. So the hostile media effect explains a specific type of framing. And so definitely framing needs to be above it mm-hmm. because the hostile media effect is framing within the context of how media is presented, um, whether or not the source of media um, that the tendency to perceive news coverage is biased against your position on an issue. It, it, all, it also is entirely where like the whole concept of fake news and the anti media, like, I mean, there are issues with media. But they're not out to get you. They're out to make money. <laughs> like that's the real. Right. There's not really this like hostility against your issue. It's like whatever, whatever leads. I had a weird experience today in the car with the like the framing effect. I was listening to NPR in the parking lot, and I was listening to yep. their nonsense. <laughs> and, and well, this was particularly weird. So they were talking about how astronomers have increased their uh, diligence and are monitoring asteroids and space junk constantly because things tend to be in the asteroid belt past Mars, but sometimes stuff loses its gravitational connection to Jupiter and it goes flying out into space. And some of these things can be like 600 miles long. And so they were explaining to me that astronomers were watching space rocks. So that way they knew if we need to shoot a missile into space in order to uh, keep the Earth from having like a catastrophic humanitarian right. disaster of rocks crashing into the planet. And uh, the whole time, it was this very smooth voice. The astronomers are working diligently to watch the rocks in the sky. And we have this like twinkle, twinkle little star music (laughs) going on in the background. And I'm like, wait, do I need to be concerned about the space rocks? Why are you telling me about the space rocks with this framing? Why are you even bringing this up? I mean, it's probably because you don't have to really be that concerned about the space rocks or... Or maybe you do, and they want to calm you down. Oh, right. Maybe we've. Maybe I was supposed to have read something else. I don't know. But like, there was a very soothing framing for the planet could go. Like everything on the planet could die because of space rocks. Well, there's that. There's like that great. It's not really a meme, but it's it's sort of a. It's like the same four words, and then they put an emphasis on a different word. Hmm. And again, like what you emphasize changes the meaning of that phrase. I think framing effects got to be S tier. Like it's, I agree, it's good. Like it's 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 framing constant. Is good. We're not always aware of it, like, but we are influenced by it. This isn't necessarily a bias mm. that we engage in, though we can consciously engage in it. We are affected unconsciously by it. Right. 
I say framing goes up below uh, bandwagon, but we keep hostile media below it because that's what we did with confirmation bias. Yeah, I mean, do, do we just keep it kind of in just in nebulous A tier? Nebulous A tier. Do we yeah. say it's like high up? Yeah. I mean, hostile media affects a fantastic bias a fantastic way in which people individually perceive media differently based on their own perception of the media whereas mm-hmm. framing can change how something's worded or how something is presented and that influences them which can affect the hostile media effect it it, it can control the hostile media effect even though yeah yeah mm-hmm. no i like that Oh, the halo effect, (laughs) the halo effect, the tendency for a person's positive or negative traits to spill over from one personality area to another and other others perceptions of them. This is a good one. It's, it's pretty good. This is a solid effect. So this is like the idea that like, I don't know, I get on here onto this podcast. I'm super chill about psychology. And so you think I'm super chill about everything, but really I'm like a anxious uh, analytical mess. Totally. Can't stand crumbs from cookies. So I eat a little cookie and one bite. <laughs> so it just means more cookies. Just means more cookies. So I like the halo effect. Yeah. I mean, halo effects good. It, it affects us. I mean, in almost all tiers, first impressions, uh, job interviews, though, I remember a job interview once when I worked at Blockbuster. I was an assistant manager and I had someone come in in like a three-piece suit to apply for a cashier position at Blockbuster. Ooh. And I – because there is a reverse halo effect. Yeah. It's it's still called the halo effect. It's where negative traits also – I mean it's not something else. But negative traits typically associate with more negative traits. But this was a really weird situation because it was like – I was, it was a bizarreness effect. It was just, I was like, "What? Why are you wearing a suit? This is blockbuster. Like, this is wh- blockbuster, why are, dude. Wh- why are you wearing a suit? Which is very different than what my manager had told me, which was definitely a halo effect, well, kind of the reverse halo effect moment, where he's sitting at the front desk waiting for this interviewee to come in. This truck pulls up. He's working, I think, in like rural Mississippi, blockbuster, and uh, this woman hops out. She's in flip flops like short shorts and a tank top. And he jokingly turns to his cashier and goes, I bet you that's my interview. <laughs> and she walks in and goes, Hey, I'm here for the interview. Nice. And it was just like, it was over. It was, Oh, he had to go through the process, but it was over at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you could find like a balance, like, like if you know, like the manager of a store is a really big fan of like a football team, buy yourself a hat, wear, yep. a, jer- wear a jersey or a t-shirt or something. Because they will associate that similar. It's also similarity bias, but they'll also associate that 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 association with you. They see the team as positive, and so they're going to associate you as more positive as well. Um, if you're going to to interview at a university, wear their colors. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep, wear their colors and good put grad anything, school tip. <laughs> right, and put whatever you want the interviewers to know about you in the background. Yeah. And then once you get it, you can put all the anime pictures and stuff in the background. <laughs> Surprise, I, I'm a weeb. Because at that point, <laughs> like at that point, I think this makes me more relatable to my students than the other faculty. 
Um, cause I still get digs cause I do like fan research and I'm like, are you, are you actually taking a stab at me or is this just a joke? Like, are you just like good, good, you know, good jesting, not good, good, me- just uh... me- mean spirited. We're tired of hearing about anime from you. <laughs> Cause I can't tell it could be either way. Um, I, I S tier. Where, where are we putting it? I would put, I think halo effect goes below anthropomorphism. I think it's a number two S tier. It's, it's really high up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this like this still holds up because like we, we give our dogs personality traits. I mean, our dogs will have per- like animals. Animals have personality, but I'm also not a personality researcher. Like the personality mm-hmm. researchers have said that animals have personality. Big five traits. Squid are my favorite, Thomas. You know, you know, you know why I like squid's personality. It changes based on the groups that they're in. Ooh. I love a good cephalopod <laughs> fun fact. So let's see. We did the hostile media effect. Uh, we got uh, identifiable victim effect. <laughs> they had shelling it's shelling in really, 1968. Really bad <laughs> Photoshop style. <laughs> the tendency to perceive... News coverage is biased against your position. That's, on... Oh, that's wait. hostile media effect. That's also I'm Next reading one. the wrong thing. Yep. The tendency to respond more strongly to a single identified person at risk than to a large group of people at risk. Ah, okay. So this reminds me of the framing effect a little bit. This also kind of reminds me of the bizarreness effect a little bit. Um, but I think this one is older than both of those. And it, it's it's very – it's contextualized that it doesn't have to be bizarre. But if we find that people are in trouble – and this – like from the social psych side of me thinks that this probably comes from the fact of like what can you do? Mm-hmm. And it is much easier for us to go and like help a GoFundMe rather than cure a disease. Right. Or, or change the yes. entire healthcare system. Or it's like an empathy thing. If the person who's the victim is in the out group, then you can identify with them as an individual easier than you can with their out group who also may be victimized. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a lot I could say here. And I think there's stuff I could say here that might get me in trouble. So I don't want to like go down any rabbit holes just yet. I'll wait. I'll wait. And we'll do an episode on this. I don't know. It's solid. It's not particularly flashy. It's solid. It's solid. I don't know. Is it amorphous A or is it like baseline B? Yeah. I mean, this is also not something that I'm going to say amorphous A. Like, and, to say. I, I mean, we like biases. Like, we're 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 obviously like front loading some of these, but like this this is this affects people. Like as a social mm-hmm. psychologist, it's very oh, I'm a very aware of this. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, like it's it's not as well known. Mm-hmm. But it's older, and like maybe it's just because like framing effect, bizarreness, like these other biases have come. 
Right. And they've kind of taken the spotlight. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll go with Amorphous A on that one. All right. We got our Mimi one. Ah, Ikea effect. The Ikea effect. So the tendency for people to place a disproportionately high value on objects that they partially assembled themselves, such as furniture from Ikea, regardless of the quality of the end result. I think this one ticks that novelty bit for me. I think this is also like maybe a bit of an advent of modern society too. Like, I don't know if this necessarily applies to all peoples across all time either. I mean, this is very much though, like the endowment effect. Like once you buy something, it's worth Mm -hmm. more. And so not only are you buying it, but you're putting time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of adds a little bit to that. And so, I mean, maybe in a sense that this is like a more robust endowment effect. Right. It's also kind of Marxist too. It's endowment plus uh, justification of effort. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I like it. It's very uh, Marx and Engels too because value comes from the labor put into raw materials. So you're kind of like recreating the labor relationship. So I mean, we're gonna we're gonna say that this is this has got to be higher than endowment effect then because it's it's adding, or right? Is it lo- yeah, mm, I think we need to move Gonzo back up to S tier and give IKEA the top spot on A. Okay, I'm I'm fine with Gonzo and S tier. More love to the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. I gotta scroll up on the big. We got a huge gap there. Well, here's a good one. The mere exposure effect. Or propinquity. Propinquity. I love this. This is one of my favorite things to talk about in uh, sex class. Yeah, shout out to Peter Reynolds here on the uh, the art. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't give us a copyright strike. We've acknowledged yeah. you. Oh, I mean, <laughs> we'll get hit with Microsoft for, for showing uh, Master Chief. I wanted to say for showing Halo, but it's, it's sort of the meme that I really don't know what he's called, but I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, basic law of attraction, mm-hmm. or like if you're one of exposed to it, you like it more. In the absence of negative qualities, yes, I, I do. I do make it a preface to tell my class, like if uh, if the person. Uh, never bathes and you are exposed to them every day uh you are not going to like them more <laughs> mm-hmm. but i would argue that as compared to someone you don't know that doesn't bathe you would like them more yes yeah so when controlling for negative quality <laughs> <laughs> this is i like this one this is either i think this one probably goes right under ikea possibly s tier yeah i'm it's... a little conflicted I mean, it's it's one that that most people don't necessarily realize, but it also like it goes beyond attraction. It goes beyond like like physical attraction. Mm-hmm. It's it's that song you hear on the radio over and over again. It's that <sighs> billboard you pass. If you're not consciously aware of it, you like it more mm-hmm. than the other songs. That's why you like that single more than you like the rest of the album, unless you like really get into that artist because. Mm-hmm. That's what you hear. So, Ooh, yeah, I think it's either a high. Yeah, 
it's yeah it, it goes it's beyond attraction yeah it's 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 a really good one so um, and the citation on this one is james 1890 so <laughs> yeah it's it's good it's old it's consistent yes my side bias <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of music albums with my side. Parental advisory, explicit content. (laughs) Yeah the the tendency be the tendency to be overly swayed by a prior opinion on a topic, failing to give enough weight to evidence or arguments to the contrary. So you got one. You got the first opinion. Kind of. I mean, it's kind of a. It's like anchoring and confirmation bias at the same time. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, we we don't have anchoring, so maybe put this like at a high B. Maybe, yeah. Because it's, I mean, anchoring can't go on the main list. Yeah, but it's definitely, I think. I mean, it's partially confirmation bias, but it's it's based on what you've heard or been exposed to first. Hmm. And you kind of accept that as fact, or maybe it's a good fact. But there's a better explanation. Right. Or like anchoring and confirmation bias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put it below. Yeah. I think I think at this point it's less of a concern what their rank is uh within. Um yeah, it's getting to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Aw, Neg- sad face. Negativity bias. Mm, the tendency to completely disregard oh wait no the tendency to weigh negative information more heavily than positive information yeah it's okay it's okay do you want to say like high c just to give c some love or like low b we can give it a high c i think uh clearly our bias is showing in this distribution yeah we, Although we, gotta, we have a lot, we have a lot coming, so these might end up evening themselves out. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta roll through these. Like yeah. we're already in. Um, this is neglect of probability. Okay, what's the difference between this and base rate? Tendency to completely disregard probability when making a decision uh, under uncertainty. Is this a repeat? I mean, do we put this at? Uh, I mean, this. I, this might just be where they're like, I don't have an author list on, on this one, but this might just be where like same thing research. They just call it something slightly different, or maybe this is uh, sp- specific instances mm-hmm. uh, where base rate is more like social information. And this is where you're actually like, given or, or so like, when making a decision under uncertainty is the specific. So yeah, this is base rate plus what was our uncertainty one? Um, Oh, the uh, ambiguity effect? Ambiguity effect. This is base rate plus ambiguity. Okay. I don't know. I'm fine with this being a C. I'll put it a little above ambiguity because it's building on that uncertainty aspect. It's close. It's fine. All right. Obsequiousness bias. The te- the tendency to systematically change responses in the direction perceived as desired by the investigator. Oh, so this is a participant. Yeah, this is this bias. is 
changing and I, I guess you could probably expand this and to say like there's probably a better bias to explain this but this is kind of like sucking up to someone this is changing your attitude to match it's a uh, what social tuning i think mm-hmm. is the the phrase that we use um you change your attitude to match what you think the person is going to like but in this case it's specific and this one's kind of specific it's specific towards the uh the investigator the researcher mm-hmm. um i don't think i feel any way about this one i mean do we almost want to put it in like a d like just to... i think it goes in a d yeah because it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I think there are better heuristics or examples to talk about the nature of like participant bias than just mm-hmm. this specific instance. Because there's this broad aspect of what we call um, demand characteristics that, that tie into what participants will do, whether they love or hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can control for that and, and you know, with consistency checks and stuff like that manipulation checks in your research uh omission bias you want to take this one yes the tendency to judge harmful actions as worse or less moral than equally harmful omissions that's a pretty good one i I think that's amorphous i don't think there's any it's solid but it's not like groundbreaking (laughs) um Mm. yeah uh, this one's a good one, just because of <laughs> the ostrich effect. <laughs> Ignoring an obvious negative situation. I mean, this is denial. This is Freudian denial. Yep. In 2006. Like, mm. they published this in 2006. This is Freudian denial that, that Anna and Sigmund Freud developed long, long before this. I almost want to give it a D to yeah, give, to give a Freud a little love. Like yeah. it's just, it's not that it's a bad bias. It's not that it's bad. It's just that we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, no, you know, no, no shame to the authors, but like people ignore negative situations. We could call like the, the ostrich effect is a good name for it. Like you put your head mm-hmm. in the sand, but also it's denial. You're denying this thing that you don't want to stress out about. But we can't we can't we can't frame stuff in Freudian context. So mm. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see. Next up we have ah, that's a good picture. The Parkinson's law of triviality. Uh overconfidence effect. Do what now? Overconfidence effect. Oh, is that what it is? It's the next one. Is, does, is yours not highlighted? Oh, Con- Kahneman Seversky, excessive confidence in one's own answers to questions. Just for the viewers at home, if you click on the bias chart that uh, we link in every episode, you will see all of these. And yeah, it's very hard to distinguish between which uh, yep. definition for bias it is, which is why I'm constantly messing <laughs> up. Yeah, looking at I mean it's it's we've got so much we're looking at at one one given time. So yeah, and also I mean to be fair, it does look like it could be a triviality effect as well. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I don't know. I mean Kahneman Seversky again, 
confidence, yeah. confidence in one's answers to one's questions. I mean, this, this gets us into like, like, honestly, if we say that this was the first Dunning Kruger is just explaining this mm-hmm. in a more specific context. So this has got to be higher than Dunning Kruger. This has got to yeah. be higher than some of the other, like, not recognizing what you don't know with an uncertainty or with uncertainty or, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of kind of explains some of the other biases that we have. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I don't know. Amorphous A? Yeah, amorphous A. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, then we have the law of triviality. Yeah, so that's my... And appropriately, it's the PlayStation 2 version of Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <laughs> trivial. <laughs> And this one is the tendency to give disproportionate weight to trivial issues. It says on our list, AKA bike shedding. And I don't know what that means. I have no idea either. And I, I must've completely blocked it out when I brought this up. We got to shedding. Do we bikes the, grow? I mean, or like you got to put the bike in the shed, I think is kind of what it is, but like, Hmm. Or you put, or you put the bike in the shed and you forget about it. I don't know. Or maybe you didn't put the bike in the shed. Uh, maybe we are giving disproportionate weight to a trivial bias. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a lore. <laughs> I like uh, this one. I think this one's an S tier. I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre. Like it's bizarreness kind of bizarre. effect gets into that a little bit, but also this is like where most arguments with like romantic partners and families happen too like yeah this little thing happens and it just eats you up that it was yep. you're making uh mountains out of molehills yep no that's a good one do you want to put it higher we think that's about like it's just it's good s tier i think it's a good s tier s tier yeah <laughs> <laughs> What? Wait, wait. So this is not planning fallacy. This is wait, wait. It's a good one. I got to go a little lower. Okay, this is the Peltzman effect. It's it's uh it's actually out of order on here uh, alphabetically. Wait. I was like that does look like a planning fallacy. The, the, you did not plan well for that situation. No, the, the tendency to take greater risks when perceived safety increases, offsetting some or all of the benefits of the safety measures. Hey, you got your seatbelt on. Oh. <laughs> You'll be fine. There's no airbag. It's technically safer because it's not going to come flying at you. You're I just, just going to go flying at it. <laughs> yeah, I just went and found the most risk-averse picture I could find. And I just saw that. I'm like, I just this needs to go in. Holy cow. Yeah, for if you're listening on audio, it's it's a knife on a steering wheel, <laughs> facing where the driver would sit. Um, yeah, I'll let you place this one. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Um, the Peltzman effect. I do. It, it's it's about perceived safety. So if you think things are safer, you're more likely to take risks because you think that they're safer. It kind of ties into like almost like a um. Oh, what is it called? It's like um, it's not like a fairy tale bias, but it's uh, a personal fable where you think like you think you're the main character, and so you're immune 
to those mm-hmm. worries because you, you haven't experienced that. And so, um, and this, and usually though, like taking those risks offsets all the safety measures. Right. That's specifically where it's at. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I ordered vegetables as a side with my chicken fried steak. Yeah. But the vegetables are also fried, <laughs> but they're green. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's like that perceived, like, like people like, no, no slamming people who want to go to a Diet Coke. But if you like, if you seriously rationalize that a Diet Coke is offsetting some of those negative health effects of not drinking a regular Coke, like there's still negative effects of drinking a soft drink. Oh, yeah. Like, I just do it because I think it tastes better than a regular Coke. I'll go to a Coke Zero. <laughs> oh, I can't stand Coke Zero tastes like metallic to me. I don't know. I don't like it. I'm particular about the proportion of aspartame in my okay. beverage. <laughs> fair, fair. So, um, I don't know. Let's let's give this like a like a high D or a low C. I'll give it a low, low C. C. We'll, we'll kind of keep our bell curve going here. Our curve a, going. A bell, yeah. Okay. Our. I mean, it's, it's still a bell curve, but it's it's That's some skew. Yeah, it's got some skew. It's got a blah skew. Got some good kurtosis on it though. <laughs> Oh, that kurtosis. Okay, planning fallacy. Planning fallacy. Comment uh, Tversky. The tendency to underestimate task completion time. This is a good one. Planning fallacy is great. We're all prone to it. We all, yeah. it all sneaks up on every one of us. I mean, it we're might... currently experiencing it right now. Our quick little bias episode is now reaching a, uh, an hour and 41 minutes. So, Oh, it's, it's not. No, it's, uh, we started at like 8 o'clock. It's oh, only, did we? It's only been like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, we chatted for like 30 minutes beforehand. With the record on? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Not, well, not nearly still... as long, so, but still, oh. we, we should probably get, yeah. <laughs> we should. <laughs> it, it, I was S-tier? like, shoot, it's almost been two hours of talking about biases. Yeah. yeah S tier. It's got to be high up. Yeah. Uh, uh, I say below Master Chief. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is uh, pro innovation bias tendency to have excessive optimism towards an invention or innovation's usefulness throughout society, while often failing to identify its limitations and weaknesses. Sometimes your Tesla just blows up. <laughs> I mean, this is good. This like is it's good. very it's, it's very modern applicable. Yep. It's it also makes me think of like, I don't know, modern in the sense that like that like Victorian boom of inventions and patenting as well. I mean, it's it's the stuff you see on like the the, the home shopping network or the, mm-hmm. the infomercial, like, ooh, this is good, and you realize it's just a cheap plastic thing. Like if we're talking about Oreos, there's a separate personality for the person who uses the Oreo dunker. Oh, there really is, though. <laughs> or the Oreo made out of bugs. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe like high A, high A, absolutely. Um, projection bias. How Which apt. again, it's yet another two thousands. It's it's projection. Um, though this is the tendency to overestimate. How our future tastes. This is projecting ourselves into the future, not Freudian projection. 
Mm-hmm. So there's an upside. Um, basically, if you ask how much are you going to be like yourself in the future, we tend to say, oh, we're going to be a lot like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we don't really speculate change because we... It's like the historical bias, like the opposite of the historical bias, where we like project current states into the past. I like this one. This one's a good B, I think. It's clever. It's solid. This is our uh, pseudo-certainty effect. The tendency to make risk-averse choices if the expected outcome is positive. Uh, but make risk-seeking choices to avoid negative outcomes. Hmm. This so, is a good one. So this is this is actually like very like evolutionary. I feel like if the worst thing that like if you're if the possibility is you do the risky thing or get eaten by the tiger, you might as well do the risky thing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's putting yourself out there if there might be some like really and I guess we could even apply this to like perceived negative effects and that might mm-hmm. also explain why people do very risky things for stupid reasons because they perceive it as a negative outcome. Mhm. Instead of just doing the simple thing, um what's worse doing the thing or not doing the thing and living with the fact that you didn't do the thing. And and also the tendency to make make risk averse choices if the expected outcome is positive, that expected outcome could be other people liking you more, and so people will do dumb things to impress other people online. Mm, right, like record a bias ranking video. <laughs> Did we go into this expecting people to like us though? A little, maybe. A little, maybe. Nah, I don't know. We all want to be liked. So, whether you admit it or not, we do want some people to like us. Um, and maybe unless you're Stephen, he's beyond that. He's beyond. He's transcended. He watched the Holy Mountain too many times. <laughs> um, I gotta be at least B, maybe A. Yeah, a low A, low A, low A. All right. Uh, reactants. I mean, I love me some reactants. And it kind of like plays into this a little bit. Um, oh, I want this cup. I really do. That's a good um, cup. Yeah, it, it's that uh, when you're told not to do something, you get this negative emotion. And the negative emotion only goes away when you do it. So you're, you're, you feel that your freedom is at risk. Mm-hmm. And, and so, also, if the person that you don't like tells you to do something or has an idea, then you don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like reactance is maybe perhaps one of my like personality traits at this point. I don't know. We move beyond bias. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Maybe low S. Gets up there a little bit just for the cup. Yeah. The cup needs to go there. Uh, reactive devaluation. <laughs> ah, this is when we devalue things that uh, an adversary or someone we don't like proposes it. So this yeah. goes hand in hand. I feel like this needs to go with the cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is less broad. So it's like reactants can come up even if it's something someone we like. 
says like, hey, please, like, or it's not please don't do this. It's when it's perceived as a demand. So when they say, mm-hmm. do not do this, like we have to, like, I gotta do it. Like I gotta oh, step yeah. on the gra- I gotta, I gotta walk on the grass. I gotta, yeah. I gotta rebel. I'm an independent free thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, where in this case, it's specifically with an adversary. So it is a limited version of reactance. Maybe high I then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it below, maybe like below the IKEA effect. Yeah. I kind of like those. Pro-innovation bias is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, regression bias. This kind of goes along with our other stats-based ones. Yeah, like base rate effect and then probability gonna, neglect, gonna, was it? I'm going to put it right here with the probability inequalities on C tier. Yeah, that, that needs to go there. <laughs> this, is, bias. <laughs> this is actually a workout thing i don't know sure it looked like a guy wearing one of those like harnesses that they put on kids to keep them from running away in the mall and so yeah restraint bias you overestimate your ability for impulse control (laughs) so it's pretty good that's Um, pretty good i feel like that's a b good like solid b solid b so it's at least maybe a little more novel than the uh all right, so I went through the Peltzman effect. We'll do rosy retrospection, so rose-tinted glasses. So it's that historical. Things were better. Um, things were better at the time yeah. of their occurrence than now. Um, it's very apt in how some people frame things nowadays, but yeah, I'd probably say another good solid B. High C. High C. High C. High C. Yeah. Um, self-serving bias. Tendency to claim more responsibility for success than failures. Also claiming that successes are due to internal characteristics while failures are due to external forces. According to our friend who shocks the dogs, this is an optimal way to live. This is yeah, the path of the optimist. Core core um, attribution theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's heavily grounded in good theory, but... I, I don't know if it's the core way to live. You should probably admit when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You should probably not put the blame for your own mistakes onto other people. Because that can create a very maladaptive... That's denial. We'll go back to What's Freud. Denial? Or toxic positivity. Uh, uh. I, I don't know. High C? Low? Eh, well, this is a good... I mean, so many people do this without thinking about it. Yes, and we also do the opposite to other people as well. And that may be a separate thing on this list, but we tend yes. to like give external credit to other people's successes and internal blame to other people's failures. And it expands so, ultimately to the group as well. Yeah, so this is, a sol- this is a solid one, I think. Um, do, do we want to say like low S? We want to say high A? Uh, low S, low I believe. S. This one's a good one. This is a good explanation of humans moving through the world. So I found a picture of Mr. Semmelweis. (laughs) For the the Semmelweis reflex. reflex. (laughs) Yeah, rejecting new evidence or knowledge that contradicts established norms. So this is kind of like confirmation bias, but specifically for normative effects. I say put it lower than confirmation bias, at least. Yeah, I'll put it above the congruence bias only because Samuel Weiss is such a dapper fellow. 
he is a dapper fellow and he, he's got the he's got the good he's got that like good interesting old psych name that's fun to say like Wundt and Helmholtz some of my favorite shared information bias the tendency for group members to discuss information that is known by all group members before discussing new or unknown information Basically, we ignore stuff that some people don't know, and we only talk about the stuff that everyone knows, though. Mm, that's just manners. <laughs> but this, this, can, this, this, this bias can specifically impact decision-making, because sometimes you have an expert in the room, and if everyone else is not an expert, you ignore the expertise to focus on what everyone knows to be true. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 a, it's a big, uh, big decision-making bias in... Um, group dynamics io stuff um that gets into like what like how decision making breaks down it's a it's pretty good i mean maybe b tier b tier or a tier yeah but yeah that's I, solid i'd be getting close to the end Huzzah. social comparison bias this is a good one yeah, the tendency to make recommendations that prevent others from surpassing you in relevant areas where you have high standing. Don't go to grad but- school. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not going to fall prey to the bias. You should, and you should, you should exceed me. It's not very difficult. Uh- <laughs> you should go to grad school. You'll just never get it in your track position. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, there's there's a there's a pessimism bias for that one. Um, yeah, this is a good one. I think this one's A tier. You want to say high A tier? Yeah, maybe below IKEA. IKEA is our threshold for greatness. Yeah. Uh, spotlight effect. Overestimating the amount that other people notice you. Because in reality, most people are worried about themselves and their day-to-day lives, and most people aren't paying attention to you. Most people are experiencing the spotlight effect anyway. So. And very concerned about inward focus. I mean, this, this is a pretty good one, too. Um, I don't know. Low A, high B? Do we want to even uh, say higher? I mean... I would say high B. High B? High B. Uh... Status quo bias. I found a lot about the lead singer of the band Status Quo who passed away recently. Oh. Shoot. Yeah. But there's a band called Status Quo. Good stuff. So, um, yeah. Status quo effects. Tendency to like things, to stay relevant. You want things to stay the status quo and not to change too much. Enlightened read- centrism. <laughs> I read a very interesting article that pitted the status quo effect up against, I believe, uh, omission bias, where they were wondering if people are more interested in maintaining the status quo or if we are just more prone to uh, not act in situations. And that most of the time it results in the status quo being maintained but actually that's not the goal here the goal is that we're more comfortable not acting 
And so they did like four different studies and showed that people don't actually care about the status quo necessarily. They just don't want to commit to decisions. So omission bias keeps its A rank status quo. D just doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up. At least in that study. Yeah. When you pitted them against each other. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that like maybe some other bias. I mean, never never account to malice what you know can be applied to i was gonna say stupidity but yeah it's probably you know incompetence incompetence (laughs) (laughs) stereotyping he's typing in two Uh, this is getting out of hand daniel (laughs) (laughs) this this is getting out of hand (laughs) stereotyping i mean like i mean almost do we want to make this a heuristic like it's almost it, a heuristic it's an, it's like a it's an inductive reasoning process based on a on a uh, schema it's cat it's a category all to itself like there, there needs like maybe an upper category where it's just like its own thing because like yeah stereotyping so pervasive but it's tied to so many of these biases it's tied to so many other things like it, it's kind of this this like tier this list in itself mm-hmm. needs stereotyping on it yeah yeah. No, yeah i think that needs to go in the at least in the heuristic yeah category, yeah, yeah. No, so that, it may not fit there but. this is not f tier this is just a, a tier unto itself that we just don't have a good place for <laughs> things are messy subjective validation so this is the perception that something is true if a subject's belief demands it to be true it's just another confirmation bias it's just another yeah no this goes to the deer we've seen too many variations on this one (laughs) we're just gonna bring it down to like low d yeah like i'm tired of confirmation (laughs) bias variants um sunk cost fallacy this is the tendency to make decisions based on the future value of something because resources have already been invested. So it definitely ties into some of the stuff that we've talked about before, but this is kind of like the core bias that focuses on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so this is an A-tier bias. Very easily. High Very A-tier. Easily. You're two years into grad school. You can't give up now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you finished. You, you, you can't say that that psych degree wasn't worth it. <laughs> you're already four years into the tenure process you can't give gotta up gotta get now. tenure now yeah exactly yep. uh third person effect uh people's over people overestimate the effect of mass media messages on attitudes and behaviors of other people i like this one because like not that I. It goes back to what Doctor Plot said that violent video games are a drop in the bucket. But yeah. we talk about it like it's a folk devil. Yeah, we talk. Like, we talk about it like it's a bucket of water in the bucket, and it's really yeah, like the tide's coming in. It it has an effect, and I mean, all media has an effect on us, but they're little drops. And now it builds up enough of it, mm-hmm. and yes, and I. Be probably because of the bizarreness effect and some of these other effects that like and then framing of course uh, definitely plays a role into how we view this because like the drop in the bucket doesn't get views doesn't get buzzfeed clicks mm-hmm. but if but if you frame it as like this is the, the 
detriment down detrimental downfall of society. There you go. And also, I don't know. I feel like the third person effect, I think that should go pretty up there because it also just takes one interaction in person for media effects to go down in some cases as well. You build up a stereotype about a group of people and then you get exposed to that group of people and you're like, oh, shoot, I need a better schema. Yeah. Yeah. And so, or you fall back on one of these other biases to rationalize that they are what you think Mm -hmm. they are. So I would say that the third person effect is our uh, go out and touch grass effect. <laughs> Pretty high up. I'll put it in the S tier. Yeah. I mean, biases are good. They, they wouldn't have had all the research. That's why we, they, we, are, we are overloaded on the high end. but We are, but it's because we're biased. Yeah. Time-saving effect or time-saving bias. The tendency to underestimate the time saved by speeding up and under uh and overestimate the time lost by slowing down like when driving or rushing through a task it's a very good one you don't save time by speeding no the only time you save time if you're speeding on the road is if you've got like a 12 hour drive and then and your the- speeding can save you an hour yes Yes, and there's no one else on the road with you. Like the guy who cut into the other lane to get in front of me, but there was a slower car neck in front of him. And so he had to slow down and then cut across two lanes just to get into the turning lane. Yeah, no, that's gets my goat. I'm like, you just want to yep. feel like you're going Zoom, bro. Yeah, yeah. So uh, A tier? A tier, yeah. Kind of put it in the We nebulous. have gotten more normal, though. I will say. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a getting up there in the B. Um, let's see. What is this one? Oh, uh, <laughs> well-traveled road effect. Underestimation of the duration taken to traverse off-traveled routes and overestimation of the duration taken to traverse less familiar routes. Or uh, I guess more familiar. Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah. 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 It's going to take us less time. It's kind of a time saving bias. It's related. It's a little bit more specific to travel experiences, I guess. Yeah. So low B. Yeah. I'll put it in the low B. Yeah. Right. That's not too bad. Last two. Oh, the, the worse than average effect. The tendency to believe ourselves to be worse than others at tasks which are difficult. I'm a terrible dancer. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I think. I don't know. I mean, we do it. It creeps up on us, though. There's probably some rationalization. There's some some conscious thought that has to go in it. Yeah, maybe a high B. Oh, hey, we got a two, two tier B, two tier B. Nice. And the last one, zero risk bias. Preference for reducing a small risk to zero over a greater reduction in a larger risk. That that makes sense. It also reminds me of the, uh, what was it? The one with the knife on the steering wheel. <laughs> the, the Pelsman effect. The Pelsman effect, yeah. Yeah, that, that it's like, oh, like we can get this one thing down to zero. And it's just an e, but it's also like an easiness. It's like, again, goes back to that like omission, that laziness kind of effect mm-hmm. where it's just, it's easier to reduce something that's already low to zero than actually to put effort into something bigger. 
Um, it's probably a good self-esteem booster too. Like if you can get like two to zero, mm-hmm. then you've accomplished putting risk at zero. So you feel it good makes, about yourself. It makes me think of like putting putting all of the responsibility of climate change onto the average person. Right. Like yeah, or, I can get yeah. I can get my recycling down, but also like that's not really impacting the bigger picture. <laughs> not at all. Oh, let's see. Uh, High B, low A. Low A is fine. Yeah, I don't so, feel either way about that. Yeah, I mean, so what we've got here is um. We're I mean, biased towards biases. We're biased towards biases. Anthropomorphism. Number one. That's day be. number one. Yeah, pretty consistently. I mean, I planning fallacy is very close to my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Halo effect, really good. Like these are good biases. I mean, I would say like if it's in the S tier, it's it's our biases of the year, but like anthropomorphism is probably up there just because it's probably something we don't realize we do as often. It's definitely and it's always it's well usually it's hilarious when it happens. Yeah, I mean, but it can also even apply to us seeing things like personal or human-like qualities in animals that don't actually exist. Um, we tend to project. There's a projection, like a Freudian projection aspect on that, where we put our um, our thoughts and and experiences onto inanimate objects or animals. Um, and yeah, we do it a lot. People do it a lot. I'm wondering if even in this context, like, am I anthropomorphizing the uh, image of you on my screen right now? I mean, but I'm here. There is a person behind it, so. Right, but you're not actually in front. Like, I'm having to anthropomorphize my computer screen. Oh, it's true. Yeah, so, like, I I am projected I'm literally projected on your computer screen, but also like mm. I kind of become your computer screen. Right. So I'm wondering if I have to engage in anthropomorphism in order to take video chat seriously. Hey, maybe. Hmm. So that'll that'll be our bias of the year. Anthropomorphism. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know what? I'm not going to do a bias of the week this week because we've done 52. We have done 52. And we set a bias of the year. So maybe we'll come back and do this on the next 52. And we are not going to do like 104. <laughs> Though we could. We could just save this. And we could just add to it. We could add to it. But that's going to be a chaotic list. Pretty rough. Yeah. So yeah, we'll leave it at this. This is a good stopping point. We, we've been at this for a, a while. A little bit. Not our longest. But um, there's a lot to go over. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that the link for this is in the description if you want to watch it. Um, we'll post it out there. Follow us on Twitter. I don't know. With all that stuff we never promote, we probably right. should be promoting. We have a brand, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll call it a brand when we start bringing in the money. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not accepting any of that, so... Right. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon or anything. Nope. So no. Cool. So you will I guess next week we have another interview. Yeah. Which will be very exciting. Um oh and Chomsky Watch. I have not heard from Noam Chomsky. 
Yeah. So get your impression together. Mm, I got to start working on that. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, this was fun. This was very different. This was longer than I think we both expect, but that's planning fallacy. And that's why it's an S tier bias. Oh Um, yeah. Move it up one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give master chief some credit, but planning fallacy kills us. So yeah, with that, um, goodbye. See you later.